What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to the Rhino Podcast, brought to you by Rhino Records. Interviews with your favorite artists and bands about the songs and albums you love. Here's your host, Rich Mahan. On this episode of the Rhino Podcast, we have Mike D. from Kill Switch Engage to talk about the deluxe edition vinyl release of As Daylight Dies. Welcome back to the Rhino Podcast, friends. If you haven't been to rhino.com this week, you really need to go check things out. Lots of exciting release announcements, including, and get ready for this one, Lou Reed New York Deluxe Edition, a three CD, DVD, two LP, and cassette bundle that includes unreleased studio and live tracks, plus the DVD debut of the New York album concert video. This is one of my favorite albums. I'm really looking forward to this one. And how about this? Replacements, please, to Meet Me Deluxe Edition. There's a limited bundle for those of you who pre-order, which includes replications of original promo items, including shirts, stickers, totes, and there's also a cassette tape. There's a ton of previously unreleased music on this set, which on a somber note includes the last of Bob Stinson's recordings with the band. Fleetwood Mac, 1973 to 74, four LP colored vinyl set featuring the albums Penguin, Mystery to Me, Heroes, and Live at the Record Plant, and a seven inch single with unreleased music. This set is exclusive to Rhino.com, only place you can get it. And it's what you need to fill the gaps between Peter Green and the Stevie and Lindsay periods in your collection. It's all happening over at Rhino.com. Well, on today's episode, we talk with Mike D. from Killswitch Engage about their 2006 album, As Daylight Dies. It's getting its first worldwide release on vinyl, and it's about to reach the platinum mark, which is no mean feat these days. The 2LP vinyl release of As Daylight Dies is available at runoutgroovevinyl.com until August 26th. Grab one while you can. Let's just start at the beginning for people that aren't familiar with your music. How did you guys get your name? You know, names are a pretty hard thing to establish. Uh, really hard very, to figure out. There's not a lot of good ones out there, so it takes some time. I remember watching the X-Files one time, and they had said kill switch, and I thought that was a really cool word, but it didn't work well on its own. I just came up with the engage part and showed it to the guys, and they hated it. 
They're like, it sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like Star Trek. What the heck are you talking about? Like, and then I showed them the logo and they're like, oh, we can get into that. So I kind of sold them on the logo, which I kind of knew I would. Like I said, you know, springing names of bands on people. Sometimes you get a, you knock it out of the park and sometimes people just can't stand it. But I figured I had a little leverage with the logo that I came up with, which is the original Swirl logo that you see on all the old earlier stuff that we did. Yeah, and after a while anyway, a name just becomes a way to identify the band and people don't even really think about the name as much as they just associate it with the music. Sure. I remember the first time I heard the name The Police, I'm like, that's got to be the most stupid name <laughs> for a band I've ever heard. But yeah. then, you know, just like, it's just a way to identify the music after a while. There's some really bad ones out there for sure. I mean, the Cars isn't so great either, but wow, they're a great band. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're right up from your neck of the woods, aren't they? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. You up there in uh, Massachusetts still? Yeah. Central Mass uh, bands from Western Mass-ish, uh, or most of the members are from that area. Yeah. Established in 1999. Myself and Adam D, who's now the guitar player slash producer, was the drummer at that time. So it was just a bass drums kind of scenario, trying to get some stuff together and write some songs and see if it, it gelled or not. And uh, just kept working from there. Yeah. Can you believe it's been 20 years? No. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. Uh, yeah. You never expect a band is going to last more than, you know, a handful of years, let alone 5, 10, 15, and now 20 one, I think. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's hard to believe. Really cool, though. I mean, the guys in the band, we all get along really well and just really good, solid friends. And I think that's the reason why the band stuck together for so long, that we can make decisions without people getting angry and get things done. There's bands that have been hugely successful, but didn't get along with each other and they just couldn't last. Sometimes they do last not getting along with each other, but... Uh, Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I think the key to our success is just having as much fun as we possibly can and not taking things too, too serious unless they're so serious that you have to stare them in the face. Like Adam D had some pretty major back issues at one time where it took him off the road. It was actually on the As Daylight Dies tour, his second back surgery, lower back surgery. Oh my God, second back surgery? Yeah, fusing some of the spine together, really nerve-wracking. We're on tour at the time. He had to go into a hospital in the UK. We had to find somebody to help do backup guitars for us. It was kind of a mess. And all you want to do is be there with your friend, make sure he's okay. But we had to go off and, and finish a tour. So it's these trials and tribulations that make up a touring cycle sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, I think that speaks to how tight you guys are too, because I think a lot of bands are just so success driven that if somebody has an issue like that, they're like, well, we just need to replace them, you know? But I think that you guys sticking with them and realizing that, you know, that a band is really a sum of its parts and, you know, a key player like that, man, you got to stick with them. He's a good writer. He's a great producer. He does a lot for the band. He's irreplaceable, to tell you the yeah, truth. Right, right. Uh, he's doing okay now, though? Everything's cool? He's doing great. He, As long as he exercises, which is mainly just running every day and doing a lot of core, he's been awesome. Ever since that time, uh, the doctor really sat him down and said, listen, you really need to work these muscles or you're never going to be able to walk again. You might be in a wheelchair the next time there's an operation. That'll shock you back to life right there. You said that was right during the As Daylight Dies tour. It was the second tour on that cycle. Yeah, it was like right in the very beginning. And it knocked him out for two tours after that. We did uh, the 13th 
Warp Tour. It was our first Warp Tour that was on that run as well. I think he joined us like right in the middle of that, maybe at the end of that. It's 14 years ago that album has come out now. Time <laughs> flies, right? I mean, and yeah. the cool thing is, is one of the reasons we're talking about it right now is it's going to be coming out on vinyl in the States for the first time. It came out in Germany on vinyl in 2006, but it's never been released worldwide on vinyl. That's kind of cool. Let's go back to when you guys recorded it. How do you guys work in the studio? It's like perfect or nothing with Adam. Yeah. Record again, 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 again. You hear a lot of that or nope. Uh, you hear a lot of that in the studio, and that, that means you didn't do your part well <laughs> enough for him. Uh, there's a lot of that, but I mean, it's, it speaks to how good the album sounds in the end if everything's tight. So, Do you guys tend to go into the studio with all your stuff like totally dialed in? You got your arrangements together, or do you kind of have ideas and you complete it once you're there? Pretty dialed in. We all write our demos uh, on the side by ourselves. We bring them to practice. We have like demo listening parties talk about all the stuff that's going on. Uh, we may take some of the songs and rewrite them right there with everybody in the room, talk about the parts that need to happen possibly next, or people maybe will write a half a song and we'll, we'll, we like to complete them all together as a band. Oh, that's cool. Um, but it's, it's like know your parts or don't waste my time uh, in right. the studio because uh, you're going to be spending a lot of time in there and you got to know your, your crap because it's got to be tight. I remember loving the music of it, being really excited to put it out. And it was following The End of Heartache, which is a record that people kind of were really excited about. And I, I felt like when we put out As Daylight Dies, people kind of didn't gravitate towards it. They were still talking about the previous record. So I felt like no one liked it. <laughs> Little did I know. We had done uh, two and a half years of touring on that record, which is the most we've ever done on any record. We we got to the two-year mark, and everyone was tired. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Holy Diver hit on the radio, and they were like, uh, guess what? You have another half a year of touring on your belt and ready to go. Um, and I'm not complaining. It was a really cool thing. It was just it was at the very tail end of the cycle, and everyone was just so beat up that the last thing we wanted to do was tour for another half a year. But it really helped that record achieve the goal I think that it, it achieved. And Holy Diver just happened to be a random song they recorded for Kerrang! magazine. They had done a compilation that they were getting a bunch of new metal bands to cover old metal band songs. And they had a list of a bunch of songs that you could choose from. And we saw We Rock was on there. And we love that song. But we said, Holy Diver, we think we could pull off a little bit better. So asked them and they were super stoked on doing i remember it was fast we got in and got out yeah well holy diver went to number 12 on the mainstream rock charts before ronnie passed did you ever get to talk with him and see what he thought about your version unfortunately no i mean we had heard through the grapevine that he was pretty into it which is awesome it's, yeah. it's exciting rather than him saying that sucks and i never want to hear that again <laughs> <laughs> um I know the Lamb of God guys ran into him here and there, and uh, he had nothing but really good things to say about it. We 
had played a festival in Holland when he was doing Heaven and Hell with the Black Sabbath guys. Yeah. Motorhead was on the bill. It was a crazy bill. We really wanted to do Holy Diver, but we needed to check with Dio first to make sure, I don't know, in case he was going to play it, but it was the Black Sabbath set anyways. But yeah, word got back that he wanted us to rock it and he was really excited and we were hoping that maybe he could get on stage and do it with us. But uh, he rolled in right when Black Sabbath was about to go on. So that oh, that would have been so cool to play with him. He was a really nice guy, man. Yeah, from really, what I yeah. hear, super duper nice. There was uh, yeah. one or two other times where we almost got a chance to do a duet with him and it just didn't work out. Oh, man, that's too bad. That's too bad. Yeah, I got to see that lineup a few times and there was one out at Glen Ellen and it must have been that same tour because Motorhead was on that show as well. It was a massive show. There was a huge bonfire in the middle of the lawn. People were dancing around. I thought, oh my God, there's a portal to hell opening in the middle of the lawn. (laughs) (laughs) This Holland one was a lot different than that. There was like urinals in the middle of the pit. There there were these open urinals uh, that you just walk up to and just piss and you know, there's girls there, there's guys there. I guess it's like a thing because no one paid attention but it wasn't something i was looking to do i'll tell you that and um i remember walking through the crowd and i was going to look for i think carcass might have even been on that show and i was looking for maybe a carcass shirt or something like that at the merch stand and i remember the vibe was weird it was hauling people were like stoned you know people are yeah sure and not really paying attention and dio said ah this next song is blah 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 and you heard like a little clapping and, 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 and applause. And he goes, oh, you're alive. Who knew? And then they started playing. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Well, you said that uh, End of Heartache was still going strong when you released As Daylight Dies. And well, by the end of 2007, both albums had gone gold. And that must have been really gratifying after all the hard work you guys have been putting in and touring just constantly. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was pretty sudden. It was bam, bam. We had, we'd also gotten a gold DVD for World of Blaze, which is our first DVD that came out. This now tomorrow is that product's 15 year anniversary. Actually, tomorrow was the show they recorded that at, which is really funny. So there's a lot of anniversaries going on here. Yeah, no kidding. But it was just like you know, we we got the first, we got the gold record for that, and then Heartache came next, and then the As Daylight Dies. We we weren't expecting any of it. And it was just kind of like, go, go, go. We were still touring and stuff. There was no time to just sit back and say, wow, look at this accomplishment. This is pretty cool. I mean, better than any band that I've been in, I'll tell you that. Um, Now, as we look back on it, it's just like an amazing accomplishment that I don't think could ever happen again in this climate of record sales that are going on these days. But uh, wow, we have some really cool fans to make that happen. I'll tell you that. Now you guys are approaching platinum rapidly. I think you're going to hit platinum probably. It's pretty darn close. If it's not there now, hopefully this vinyl will either help it along over the edge or, or just uh, pad it a little bit more. Uh, yeah. Couldn't be happier, man. I, I don't think that platinum status happens too often. Definitely doesn't happen to this band. So <laughs> it's a That's pretty going cool to be, thing. I mean, what are you guys going to do when it hits? You got any plans to celebrate? Probably do one of these, one of these Zoom calls and drink a lot of whiskey maybe i don't know <laughs> <laughs> you guys uh, all live close by each other anymore or have you kind of spread out now that we've been you know doing this for a long time it, since the crew all flies in the band can all fly in too to to different tours so yeah where we live doesn't matter as much anymore it used to be we needed to practice somewhere and now we just kind of do whatever we don't actually need to practice because we play so often it's like 
practicing on stage. Adam moved to San Diego. Justin moved to Florida. Jesse is in New York City. He's, he's originally from Rhode Island, so he went to New York. Not a huge move, but we're all spread out these days. Well, Jesse was your original vocalist, and then uh, he left the band for a while, and now he's back. What's it like having him back in the fold? He's been back for a while, but... Yeah, it's exciting. We were at kind of a crossroads when the Howard stuff went down, and, and we, all, we had to go our separate ways. It, it was a really good run. Sometimes you just got to cut it off and start fresh or else uh, things aren't going to work as well as they're supposed to. And unfortunately, we tried to facilitate a lot of stuff for Howard to get things back to the way they were supposed to be. And it just wasn't working out. So after a year of contemplating what to do next, we got in touch with Jesse. He tried out. He wanted to try out for the band again, which was kind of a kind of a cool thing. We said you have the job, but <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, he wanted to just go in and show us what he had and show us that he really had this passion for it again, because he kind of lost that throughout the way. And when he came back, it was just all guns ablazing, and, and it felt like the band had just been, you know, kicked in the ass a few times with a with a pair of combat boots. It really got us going, and, mo- and the momentum shifted back into we can do this again type of an atmosphere, and it was a. Uh, all systems go from that point on. It's been really exciting having him back. And now we've been running back into Howard here and there at festivals. And he's looking great. He's sounding amazing. His new band is doing awesome. We took him out on tour right before the stupid pandemic hit. We yeah. got two shows in. We had a lot of fun with him. He's back to his old self, joking, uh, bringing up a lot of old memories that were really fun that we had all forgotten just a great atmosphere having him around again and it's really cool to see your friend kind of come back to life so to speak and he's back into it so wish him nothing but the best and when we get back to touring again it's going to be the same lineup that we we had for the march tour hopefully fingers crossed it's scheduled for november and we'd really like to keep that going you never know we're not going to pull the trigger and be the assholes that started a pandemic back up again. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's tough, man. Everybody wants to get back to their regular schedule. You know, how has it affected you, the pandemic artistically? I know some people have really dove into their work and other people just plant their ass on the couch and drink. It took a month or two because we were supposed to be on tour for me to get back into the mindset of being home and just knowing that I'm supposed to be doing something else. I did a lot of puzzles. <laughs> my girlfriend started living at the house, so at least I had some can- companionship and my dogs and stuff like that. So yeah, it wasn't as bad as most people have it. Some people have it really bad, though, and, and it sucks, and then my heart goes out to them. For me, it was kind of uh, it, it was a month of woe is me, and then I just jump-started back into graphic design, which is what I do normally when I'm home, writing a little music, but mostly graphic design stuff. And that's what I've been doing, cruising on a lot of this stuff. So excited to be able to rip apart the As Daylight Dies artwork, build it back from the ground up, look look at all the old photos that we never used, uh, go through all the old... I, I have folders and folders and folders of artwork. For that record, it was a lot of broken glass and uh, smashed things that I yeah. had. Uh, she's uh, five, six gigs full of just broken glass pictures from every angle. And it was, it was, a. Uh, I had enough time to go through this and, and really do it the right way. So I was glad I had the opportunity to do that and not just put out the same old record with the same old artwork. It, it, it's really 
I feel like I have been able to breathe a lot of life into this this again, which is really fun and hopefully uh, good for the fans. Yeah, you you've been doing the band's artwork since you guys got started. How did you get into that originally? I got into doing band artwork in high school. I went to a vocational high school, and I was doing. It was my first year, so you go through Voc Tech, which is you go through every shop that the high school has, electronics, electrical, carpentry, graphic arts. And I noticed that during my graphic arts phase, which is printing presses and stuff like that, I was able to sneak on stickers on the press or like uh, seven-inch covers or flyers for my friends' bands. And I was doing artwork for my friends' bands inadvertently. And then I thought to myself, wow, this is a lot of fun. I'd rather be doing this and like helping out my friends or maybe if I had a band, I could maybe do this stuff for myself or whatever. It was just facilitating artwork for other people and, and, yeah. and having a really good time with it. And that's how I broke into that. And I've done it ever since, no matter how many teachers told me, stop doing just artwork for bands. You're never going to get a job doing artwork for bands. <laughs> um, it's just what I gravitated towards and what I loved doing and, and what I've done for my entire life at this point. Do you still do artwork covers for other bands? Tons. Yeah, tons. Wow. Do a lot. What are some of the ones you've done? I've done stuff for Shadows Fall, Unearth, Crowbar. I actually like doing t-shirts better. It's a, it's a faster project than doing an all-encompassing cover slash layout, which is a, sometimes a pretty huge project. So I've done t-shirts for like Hatebreed and um, the, the brand Tap Out and Harley Davidson. And wow. Hateware and a lot of stuff, a lot, a lot of yeah. really fun things. I've been doing that since 1992, so 28 years, something like that. Quick math, 29 years, something. Uh, doing it for a long time, and it's just I I keep it as mainly word of mouth because I'm on tour so much that I having too much work tends to throw my mind into a, a crazy spastic uh, stress fest. So I just do as much as I can with as much as I can and kind of just let it roll like that. How cool is it to see the artwork that you did for As Daylight Dies on a proper large vinyl cover? It's my favorite seeing them on the vinyl stuff or the big posters. It just looks cool in the big format. You rarely see those big formats these days unless it's a giant poster. So I love it. I love the gatefold. I like that people can just sit there with the album in their lap looking at it while they listen to the records. It's so funny that vinyl came back into being again. I love it. It's like one of my yeah. favorite mediums as far as graphic design goes. There's so many different intricate spots so you can do really cool stuff. I even threw on some Holy Diver photos from the actual filming of the video uh, that was really, really fun to do during that time. Well, I saw the product shot. The red splatter vinyl looks awesome. Excited for that, yeah killer looking package and it's available for pre-order right now so people can go out and check it out you had so much material to work with did you have a hard time picking what you were going to use for the art yes for sure <laughs> there's a lot <laughs> usually i take like the best eight or nine things that i have whether it be group photos uh smash glass cover ideas and i stick them all up on my screen kind of look at them leave the room come back Maybe leave them on my screen overnight so that I come back the next morning. I feel like time is the best perspective for me, being able yeah. to look at it later. 
And that helped a lot with narrowing a lot of the artwork down. Something that doesn't stress your mind out so much, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to explode. Because, yeah, there was a lot of work to look at. And then, uh, so I did about 30 different covered ideas for this. Wow, really? Different color combos, different ideas for the cover, different ideas for how the logo was going to look. It's the logo that I used for the original cover, but I didn't use for the special edition cover that came out several months after and I wanted to kind of give it a fresh look. So the track listing is kind of more for the special edition. It's got all the special edition songs on it. So I, I felt like the cover should look like the special edition because it has that artwork. I mean, yeah, because it sense. has those tracks on it, the Holy Diver and this fire from uh, the WWE soundtrack. Right. I also really like that cover better than my original design that kind of got away from me. It wasn't, 100% what I had in my head. And now yeah. I'm able to correct that with this different version. So hopefully people dig it. Yeah, well, the package looks great, man. Really well put together. Thanks. So congrats on that. Yeah. I was able to use a bunch of photos that no one's ever seen before. And so there's a, there's a ton of really cool individual shots and group photos from that era that I think people are going to really dig. When you were going over and doing the art for As Daylight Dies, I imagine you were probably listening to the record, kind of getting that mindset together are there any songs that you when you listen to that record now where you go back and say like man this one really means something special to me i had the storm you had this really cool bass breakdown i the storm is a song i wrote actually i wrote the the instrumental part of that so uh thank you for picking that out that was gonna be yeah. the one song that i, I was gonna say That was a super fun one to, to write. We're really excited that that song uh, worked out as well as it did. During that record, we, we did a lot. Two and a half years of touring. We played Wacken for the first time. And that is like the real seminal German heavy metal fest. You get the classic motorcycle riding, beer drinking, leather vest wearing, no shirt having, beer belly dude. <laughs> <laughs> looking for real effing metal, looking for metal. And if you're not putting out metal, they're going to throw cabbage or some sort of fruit at you, vegetables at you. Um, so I was a little worried about that one. Um, you, know, you, you hear about Vakken being that one festival that people are like, oh, they kind of bow down to it, over, especially in Europe. We were sandwiched in between the reunion of Carcass and the reunion of At The Gates. So that put my stress level up to from 10 to 30 on a scale of 10, one to 10. And um, just ner nervous as all get out. Um, there was 80,000 people there. And to top it all off, we were shooting a video for This Is Absolution from the record As Daylight Dies. It's going to be a live video. Oh, my God. There's a lot that could go wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a, a lot of things that could happen. Luckily, everything went off without a hitch. I remember not looking up from playing about the third song because I just was nervous as to what everyone in the crowd was doing. 80,000 people. Wow. You're going to get some looks, I figured. Um, besides that, Carcass coming off stage doing amazingly well and then us playing. Are you ready? 
turned out to be one of the best festivals I've ever played. Kids loved it. People were super into singing along. And to top it all off, we have a video that you can see from the appearance. Uh, How cool is that? The biggest wall of death I've ever witnessed from stage in my entire life. It it looked like people were getting murdered. It's it's just a sea, an ocean of people smashing into each other. I'll never forget that. Out of that entire day and all that stress, that was the one thing I'll always remember is that giant wave of people smashing into each other it looked like that classic japanese wave uh that you see in all those oh posters. yeah 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 right <laughs> yeah yeah like that one scene from game of thrones the big battle where they just smash into each other. you know is yeah. these, these dudes with no shirts on and leather vests smashing into <laughs> each other beer flying <laughs> everywhere and they top it all off they loved it so what can you do you know so no cabbages I didn't see any. There could have been. <laughs> Those guys weren't eating it. That's for sure. Eight studio albums and two live albums later. I mean, that's that's an impressive body of work. Yeah, man. Um, like I said, you never expect a band's going to last longer than a couple of years, and this thing has just been going and going and going. And it's always been our mindset that to ride the wave as long as this cool wave is happening with this band that's actually working out of all these bands that I've been in. You got to wave it right till it crests right into <laughs> to the shore and just keep it going as long as you possibly can because you never know if you'll ever get something like this again. Mike, thank you so much for giving us some time and talking about As Daylight Dies. Yeah, super fun, man. And thank you for letting me do it. Take care. Thank you so much. Thanks very much for listening, friends. Don't forget the vinyl 2LP version of As Daylight Dies is limited and available at runoutgroovevinyl.com until August 26th. Thanks very much for tuning in. Don't forget to listen and subscribe on iTunes so you don't miss the next Rhino podcast. Producer for Rhino Entertainment, John Hughes. Produced for Rhino Entertainment by Rich Mayhem Promotions. All rights reserved.